you're listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode 33. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're all well. I'm enjoying where I am, my location. It's just the most tremendous sunshine at the moment. Such a lovely, lovely treat. Okay, today on the podcast, I've chosen to explore the topic of patterns. Now, we all have them, many of them, in fact. You just might not be aware of them or maybe even of at least how they're showing up in your life. You might think, well, this is the way life is, you know, in many different areas of your life as though you're following a kind of pre-programmed journey. But that is not so. Every single one of your patterns has either been created or adopted by one person alone. You. You and no one else. And this is really good news. Because you created or adopted them, you can change them if you so wish. Once you become aware of what's going on. Now, the reason to pay attention to this is that patterns have such a huge influence over how you live your life. And this is especially important to consider when looking at your dreams and looking at where you are today. Now, I'm really excited to explore this topic as it can have such a brilliant and astounding impact on your life. So let's get started. Here's what we're going to cover in the podcast today. We're going to talk about what is a pattern. We will talk about the importance of being intentional and asking, are these the patterns I want? Do these patterns serve me and the life I want to lead? I'm going to tell you how to change your patterns in a very practical manner. And then we're also going to have some talk about transitioning to conscious thinking. At the end, I will give you a little homework too, because remember, that's where the magic is, getting down and dirty and doing the work. Okay, so firstly, let's start and define what is a pattern. I checked the dictionary for the definition of pattern and the one that most appealed to me was it's a natural or accidental arrangement or sequence. Now, what I love about this definition is the addition of the words natural or accidental. You could alternatively say intentional or unintentional. More on that later. A pattern is a set of repeated behaviours. Something happens, that something is often triggered by some other event, some person, time of day, location, then you get a thought that kicks off the pattern sequence. Now some patterns are extremely useful, like the getting up in the morning pattern, where you wake up, make a cup of tea, or at least I do. This is my getting up in the morning pattern. I wake up, make a cup of tea, drink the cup of tea, have breakfast, shower, clean my teeth, make the bed, get dressed. Now we use lots of patterns at work all the time, where they're given the much more fancy name of processes, but it's really the same idea. Companies have a customer sign-up pattern, a customer billing pattern, and so on. There is a lot of power and momentum in a pattern because of the interweaving of repeated behaviours. This is how patterns are different to habits. 
I see habits as one-off occurrences or thoughts or actions, like the habit of drinking a glass of champagne to celebrate, you know, when you're at a wedding, for instance, while patterns contain a number of steps. Here are a couple more examples of patterns. There's the evening pattern where you finish dinner at seven, you clear away the dishes, you pour yourself a glass of wine, then you sit down in front of the television at 7.30. Now you may not even intentionally choose, be choosing to have a drink. It may simply be that you're, it's the third step in the after dinner pattern. If you've done it enough, this routine, this patterned routine will become pre-programmed and automatic. And you may do this even if you don't really feel like having a drink. Here's one of my own pattern behaviours I recognise pretty early on in life. Mid-afternoons, I get tired. And I remember this beginning when I was a teenager. I was only about 13 or 14 at the time. And the clock would get to about 2.45. And for the next 90 minutes or so, I would fight my brain to stay awake. And this was particularly prevalent when I was revising. Now, some days I may as well have stopped work completely rather than push on through. Now, I realise this isn't uncommon, right? A dip in concentration mid-afternoon affects many people. But what happened for me and what I noticed, I observed was in time, I actually established a really solid pattern around this. Every day at around three o'clock, my brain would start a familiar round of chatter. You're tired. Stop working. You're not getting anything done. Why are you even bothering? You're sleepy. And then I would spend so much time focused on why I didn't want to work until actually I did stop working, which was then the final step in the pattern. And this repeated itself many times in my life. And it was something that I struggled with actually in the working world for years. Now, the other thing I want to point out is funny how this pattern rarely appeared if I was in the middle of something particularly gripping. Now, this is how I know it was just my mind following a well-trodden path. It was a way to effectively escape something I didn't want to do. This was my brain using the motivational triad. It was running away from pain, maybe not pain in the, the sense we might say in modern day, but certainly saving me from you know having to do boring work, for instance, and was trying to take me towards pleasure, i.e. rest, at the same time doing it as efficiently as possible, right? Those are the three things that we see in our, that our brains are, are, have a predisposition for. And after all these years of having this mid-afternoon pattern, I finally decided it was time to interrupt it and change what was going on. And I'll tell you how I did that later. It took me many years to figure this out and to actually put it into action. But now that he has, it has you know, revolutionized my afternoons. And I'm gonna tell you exactly how I did that. Secondly, I want to talk about being intentional and asking, is this or are these the patterns I want? Now remember, patterns make it easy for the brain to take action without having to spend too much processing power. Like that getting up in the morning pattern I mentioned earlier. Now this is a good thing. If we had to concentrate how to do every action, like how to get out of bed, how to step on the floor, how to balance on two feet, how to walk, how to locate the kitchen, how to turn on the tap, how to pour the water into the kettle and so on. It would be very inefficient, it would take us forever. We'd never get anything done. We'd be too busy 
trying to you know, get a cup of tea made in the morning. But by bundling a number of activities together to make a pattern, the brain makes it easier on itself. But always be mindful as to whether the patterns are serving you or not. Easy isn't always best. Easy might just be that something you've always done. And if you carry on repeating what you've always done, you're going to get more of what you've had. But you're listening to this podcast because you're looking for something that perhaps you don't have. You're looking for possibility in your life. And therefore, easy is probably not going to cut it. What's important is understanding what you do and what you don't want to do or don't want to have happen. What is your intention? Do you want to stop drinking completely? Or do you just want to drink in moderation? And whatever your answer, why is that your choice? It's a bit like spring cleaning, even if you can do it at whatever time in the year. Every so often, I like to clean out my kitchen cupboards. Yes, that's right. Not always a party animal. I like a good old kitchen clear out. Now, I take everything out when I do this, absolutely everything, and I evaluate whether I need to keep each item before putting them back after I've cleaned the shelves. I find all sorts of things lurking at the back of cupboards. And you can do the same thing with your thought patterns. So here's a task for you. Sit down and create an inventory of your patterns. Like I did above with the getting up in the morning pattern. What are your patterns and what are the steps, what are the sub-steps included in them? You can use the downloadable worksheet I've created for this. You'll see a link to this in the show notes or you can go to 90dayslater.co forward slash patterns and you'll find your free sheet there that you can download. Now I'm not suggesting, I'll make this clear, that you go to the extreme of documenting things like you're getting up in the morning pattern Right? or you're getting into the car pattern, that sort of thing. But certainly investigate the patterns you have around your drinking or any part of your life, frankly, that you're interested in or you want to adopt and modify, but certainly um, do that for your drinking. This might, how might this look? Perhaps it's the going to a weekend barbecue pattern or perhaps the Friday night, it's the end of the working week pattern. Well, here's a really common one that I hear from my clients, the getting home from work pattern. This has a lot of meaning to me personally as well. A lot of significance because this was one that I ran beautifully and effectively and automatically for so, so, so many years. How it ran for me was step one, get home, basically step through the door. Step two, take off shoes. Step three, enter kitchen and put briefcase down and say hello to family. Step four, see fridge. Step five, have the thought, oh, it's time to relax. Step six, pour the white wine. Now, this was a learned pattern of behavior that I had for the end of the day. And if you've been doing this sort of thing for a while, it will happen quickly. I mean, really quickly. And you may not even recognize this as having six constituent separate steps. So do have a go at writing down your patterns and really sit with them and sort of observe. And if you don't, you can't do it right now, the next time you find yourself 
drinking or you know approaching that try and pause and think am I in a pattern now and grab a scrap of paper any old scrap of paper will do and then document it at that point now we're going to look at changing your patterns and we do that first by evaluating what you wrote down in your inventory just now and I'd like you to pick just one of the patterns that you identified only one and then ask yourself these questions about it. Does this pattern serve me? Do I want to keep it? Why? And why not? Now it's really important you understand why you want to make a change if indeed you do decide you are going to make a change. I want you to make sure that your decision and your reasons really resonate with you deeply in your body because it has to be a reason that is going to carry you through, right? It's going to be a change. It's going to be difficult. And therefore, if the more it has meaning, the more likely you are to be able to see it through to the end so that you'll stick to it. You'll stick by your decision. It's not easy to change a pattern, but it's so worthwhile. Now, here are the four steps to changing your patterns. First, I want you to expect them to come like a child putting their hands in front of their face, you know, in front of you, you're still standing there, even though they can't see you, right? Don't pretend the patterns won't come and don't pretend they're not there when they show up. Second, then watch your patterns start and just see how it plays out. This is why it was so important for you to create an inventory of your patterns in the step above means effectively that you're armed and ready, right? You know what to expect. And so you see there are many opportunities when the pattern starts to break the pattern, even if it feels like one automatic fluid movement, right? There are constituent parts and you can interrupt it at any stage. So in this watcher step, don't react, just watch. Write down how you're feeling, be inquisitive. Write down what you're thinking that's causing you to feel the way you are. And know that all of this is just your thoughts. And as I've covered in earlier podcasts, you have 100% total control over your thoughts. Right, so that was the watcher step. Third, I want you to not take the bait of being in the pattern. I just want you to notice things and don't bite. Sit still, breathe, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, and watch how you move through the different steps of the pattern, or at least how your brain wants you to move through the different steps. Just watch it play out. Now, at this point, I sometimes say things like, thanks, brain, I see what you're telling me, but I'm not going to take any notice. I'm not doing that today. For example, I may say to myself in the afternoon, if my afternoon pattern shows up, okay, I feel tired, or I'm telling myself I feel tired, because it's three in the afternoon, but I know it's just a story I'm telling myself right now. And it's probably because I don't want to write this report that's in front of me. I mean, I will say that out loud to myself and I'll believe it because I'll know that, for instance, I was wide awake the previous day or I'll recall a time when I was wide awake at three in the afternoon when I was doing an activity that interested me, for instance, perhaps even reading a book in a coffee shop. It was in the same circumstance, mid-afternoon, sleepy time, 
but when I didn't have a shred of fatigue, right? And thinking of this and talking this and telling this to my brain helps to train it. So instead of working against your brain, using force to thrust the uncomfortable or unwanted thoughts from it, instead become conscious of your thinking without fighting or reacting to your thoughts or feelings. One of the things I often suggest my clients do is also to intentionally intensify the emotion they're feeling as their patterns play out. It's a great way of interrupting that flow, that smooth flow of action. So for instance, if you feel yourself getting frustrated with your overdrinking over time, every, maybe every Saturday evening rolls around, you can try to intensify the sense of frustration, really increase the vibration, over-exaggerate the feeling in your body. So how does frustration feel to you? Perhaps it's a tightening in the chest, perhaps it's tension in your shoulders or a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. For clients who have been conditioned to fight emotion, pushing into this, leaning into the emotion, creating more of that sick in the pit of your stomach feeling or more tension or whatever it is for you can be a huge step in getting more in touch with their bodies and therefore more access to their thinking and what's causing that vibration in their body. By increasing the feeling, they are actually taking control of it and they're seeing that it's not something happening to them that is outside of their control. It's something they are doing to themselves. Huge difference. They can just as well, therefore, decrease the feeling of frustration as well as they are able to increase it. And how we do that, how we change how we're feeling, we do through our thoughts. The next thing I want you to do is time to take action to create a pattern you want. You can't become the person who can drink a glass of wine and leave it at that simply by reading Quitlet or even simply by listening to my podcast, right? And willing it to happen. You have to take action. Now, rather than changing the direction of the pattern you're currently stuck in on what might feel like a permanent loop, you can consciously create an entirely new pattern or cycle of thought. You do this by consciously thinking a new thought, a thought that creates the feeling you purposefully want to feel. This will lead you to taking a different action than the one in your customary pattern. Action that disproves a thought is how you change your pattern thinking forever. And you'll forge brand new patterns this way. Now, before you freak out, taking action doesn't have to mean major leaps. Consider how just one little step out of the old pattern changes everything. For instance, if you really want to get exercising, right, you must focus on the very first step that will change that pattern. And it won't be uh, the first steps that you run on the treadmill at the gym that will break the pattern. It's going to be something much smaller. It's going to be the moment you wake up earlier than normal, perhaps. The moment you lace up your gym shoes or even the moment you grab the bottle of water instead of making yourself a cup of tea. Now, this works for all patterns. If you always drink a glass of wine when you make dinner, try pouring yourself a glass of water into the wine glass instead. Simple things. Now this approach, this one degree change approach is exactly what I did to address my mid-afternoon slump pattern. I consciously decided to expect the tiredness chatter to hit me in the afternoon. I didn't shy away from it. 
I didn't encourage it either, I hastened to add. I just expected it and didn't act surprised when it hit me. This stopped me spinning out in the kind of self-deprivation. Why does this always happen to me? Talk. I would then pause and watch my thoughts. What was running around in my head? And I'd write them down. And that was the one degree change for me. To really just literally pick up a pencil or a pen and literally write this down, even if it was for just a few minutes. And I would then remember that these were only my thoughts telling me I was tired. Of course... Now, there may have been times when you really do have a physical sensation of tiredness, but being healthy, having a good night's sleep and all the rest of it, I knew that that wasn't the case for me most of the time. Right? When I realised I didn't cross some kind of magic threshold into tiredness each afternoon, it was just my story, my words that were creating that reality and my experience of the afternoons. And when my thoughts told me I was tired, I then felt tired as a consequence. And guess what? I didn't take a whole lot of action. That's right, I thought I was tired, which made me feel tired, so I acted tired. Instead, when I purposefully chose to not believe these thoughts of tiredness, it was an altogether different experience. I even in time took it a step further and decided that when the chatter began, that I had already finished work for the day, I kind of played around with that that there was no point thinking I was tired as there was no more work I needed to put off. My brain couldn't try to help me get out of doing work if there was no work to be done. And it took the sting out of my thought chatter completely because after all, my brain was only looking out for me, right? It was designed to avoid pain, seek pleasure and do as little as possible, as I mentioned earlier. And I had created a very cosy set of reasons why I shouldn't push myself during the afternoons and instead kick back and relax a little. So deciding my work was done was my way of giving my brain a new reality to believe. And by doing that, I interrupted the pattern enough to make small changes that enabled me to create a whole new afternoon pattern, which definitely to this day serves me. Now, once I realised I could do that about my mid-afternoon slump, I knew I could do it about my drinking. I started to look at choosing how I could think differently about my drinking. One small way I started to do this was to fully take responsibility. Responsibility for the fact that every time I had a drink, it was a decision to drink. It was my decision. I had full control and it was painful to have to accept this to start with but it was really life-changing. Now, a final word on the process of creating new patterns. It's gonna be uncomfortable at first, I expect. For example, if you drink in response to emotions, when you first change your thought to something like, I don't need to drink to feel good, you are also going to need to take action to prove that is true to yourself. And you do that by not drinking and by thinking thoughts that feel good instead. As you start to take action that deviates from your usual pattern, you might feel a bit out of place, a bit off, perhaps. So just plan on that happening. It's understandable your brain has just been flipped out of autopilot and it can be very disconcerting. Working through this is truly an unavoidable step. And this is why it's so important that you understand the why behind why you want to develop a new pattern, right? When we went back at the inventory, which ones do you want to keep? Why, why not? Your why, knowing why you're doing this, will motivate and encourage you through the difficult times. 
Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, I've provided a worksheet for this work that you can download for free from the show notes or from 90 days later forward slash patterns. And here's your homework. I want you to do an inventory of your patterns, at least the major ones, then evaluate them, pick one and ask yourself these questions. Does the pattern serve you? Do you want to keep it? Why and why not? And then decide which of the patterns you want to change and identify a one degree little itty bitty change that you can put in place that you can make that will kickstart you into a new direction and at minimum will interrupt the smooth flow of the pattern uh, running. So in summary, to change patterns that don't serve you, you must change your thoughts first. And then you take the newly inspired action and keep thinking the new thought over and over until the pattern is changed permanently and becomes more effortless. This isn't a one and done, unfortunately. It does take practice. But by doing this, it's really cool because we develop new intentional conditioned patterns of thinking and behaving to teach ourselves how to drink less. Then we practice and repeat, practice and repeat until our conscious brain is in charge and we are in full control of when and how much we drink. It works. It takes time and repetition, but it works. And here's the really, really cool bit. Do this often enough and you'll end up reprogramming your unconscious behavior to be the pattern you have intentionally chosen. Right? So while your previous automatic response was to drink, your new automatic response will be to not drink. Okay, that's it for now. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please do rate and review and share with someone you love. And if you want to get started right away transforming your relationship with alcohol, you want to start experiencing the joy and freedom and lightness you get from not feeling the pull to drink, you can contact me on anna at 90dayslater.co or go to 90dayslater.co and click on the blue button that says book a call. It's time to stop worrying about your drinking and start living. Okay, see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.